back to to some extent. I'm here with my cousin Parker. I'm so excited. Hey, cousin. <laughs> In life too. Um, but we have Parker on this week, and I'm super excited to interview you. You have a really interesting background and a lot of stories that I'm excited for you to share. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Lex and Avery, one of my favorite couples, and just so fun <laughs> to be around. So we're going to have a fun time. Um, Parker also is living in Denver, and we get to hang out a lot. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Give us some background on who you are? Yeah. Where you so from? my name is Parker Novak, and I grew up in D.C., actually. But while I was a kid growing up in D.C., I used to write in my journal and draw pictures of Breckenridge, Colorado, because Avery and I grew up going on ski vacations here mm -hmm. as little kids together. Since we're cousins and in the same family, and we have a really big family of like 40 people, mm -hmm. so it's just always like a hooting and hollering time. And when I was little, I dreamt about Colorado, like literally. So I went to school in North Carolina, mm -hmm. and then I moved out here. And you love it? I do love it. It's so unique. It's really different from the East Coast in so many ways, ways I did not expect at all. Yeah. But I love it because it's such a unique place, really unique from anywhere else in the States. Yeah. And it really feels um, like an oasis because <laughs> Kansas, getting it through Kansas is a nightmare. It, it will make you want a KYS. <laughs> so I can only imagine the settlers who like came through Kansas for the first time and just they didn't even know like, what right, was nothing, on the other left side. Out here. We might as well just turn <laughs> they were almost at like there's nothing left point, I think, but then they hit Denver and they hit the mountains yeah. and the rivers and the streams and they struck all, gold. <laughs> the eagles and the bears and the natural life out here and that is still so like present like yeah. just the abounding beauty here it's mm -hmm. really an oasis and you can tell i do feel like on the drive like we drive from chicago to denver a lot and it's like a whole lot of nothing for like Please. hours and hours and you have to like get through that whole nothing before you really get the beauty on the other side where you have to really yeah. grind it out i know the whole drive here is literally like flat 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 until you hit the map like colorado oh even most of Colorado's flat too until you like go west really but it's so flat you feel like it's just gonna like open up and like be like literally nothing <laughs> <laughs> um so I want to get to you have to fill us in on how you got here because after college you had a really cool after college experience where you traveled mm -hmm. so I want to get into that like where did you all go how long were you gone where did you travel to where did you stay what was yes. your kind of plan? So, like a lot of really great things, there was very little plan at okay. all. Uh, one day I was on the phone with my therapist and things were like going really well in my life. I just graduated, so we were kind of just shooting the shit. Mm -hmm. And she says, well, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And I said I would move somewhere where I could ski in the terrain park because I skied uh, like rail jam and terrain park skiing in college. Yeah on the team there and I love it and I said I would move somewhere where I could ski every day and mm -hmm. she said don't make things complicated just do that yeah. right 
And, and it just blew my whole world apart. Like just that one sentence. Yeah, it's like you can't, sometimes I feel like you don't even think about it. You're like, wow, that was so simple. I could just do that. Right. Yeah, I could just, <laughs> I could just do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I told my parents, um, I was living in Asheville at the time, which is right next to Chapel Hill where I graduated in the mountains. So it was like a really peaceful place to kind of recoup. And I told my parents, yeah, I'm just going to book it. Like, I'm just going to go out there. I found a place to live on Facebook. I had friends, oh, wow. which was really helpful. I don't recommend moving somewhere unless you have people there. Yeah. And so I pulled up and we went out that first night that I was there and we just had a really good time. And I so stayed. where did you end up landing first? In Steamboat Springs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Small oh, wow. town in the mountains. Yeah. This is a ski town. Okay. Right on the mountain. Really classic Colorado with like those gold rush buildings, yeah. like old theaters. I've never really been. Really cool. Oh, so beautiful. And you drove all the way from North Carolina? So I have at this point made the drive between North Carolina and here twice, mm-hmm. yeah. but at that point I had my car shipped because okay. we were like already halfway through the season. So okay. for people who want to make that trip, like it's a really long one, you can have your car shipped. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to drive. <laughs> it is a possibility. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and okay, so was it right after graduation you like kind of moved around? You were like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah, okay, so what happened before that is that it was really similar. Like, I didn't get that question, like, if you could do anything um, from somebody out, you know, for like from somebody, but in a way, I kind of just did it on my own. Okay. Because I figured when you graduate, you travel. You know, it's like typically what people do. Mm -hmm. So I decided to book a flight to. Well, I did two legs of the trip. I booked a flight to Montana. This is a great story, too. Actually. I know. That's <laughs> like, I was like, you need to share this. <laughs> okay, so I decided to do two months of travel. The first yeah. month I was going to do just the East Coast because I could drive up and down. Okay. And so I set out in my car, whose name is Shorty, <laughs> and she and I got on the road and we went up to D.C., stayed in D.C. I went to New York and Philly Uh, for like two full weeks New York I just stayed alone actually there were a few days where all my friends were working and they couldn't meet up and do things so I just wandered Manhattan Central Park Brooklyn completely by myself and I really recommend like if you at any point anybody who's listening if you can get just three days by yourself to Mm -hmm. go do something it doesn't sound fun but do it because you really just have that time to observe and mm-hmm. like be really close with what's happening without worrying about like logistics or like where you're going or like if your friends are having a good time. Right. Like, you really get the to just be off. present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And also New York is just such a brazen place in general that I like so saw do. I pulled up to this outside outdoor ballet concert. It was full of dancers. I saw it. Uh, it this isn't like the meatpacking Chelsea district. And I saw these dancers, and mm-hmm. I was so attracted. And I just walked right over there to watch them. And it was freaking Misty Copeland, like the best ballerina in the world, oh, <laughs> wow. just performing a free concert in Chelsea. Oh my like, gosh. So many little things like that yeah. happened. So that was really That's crazy. That's what really opened my eyes to like possibility in a way like like really good things can just fall in your lap Mm -hmm. because I kept seeing that happening 
And so then I got in my car again and I left the city after seeing a lot of my friends and having a really fulfilling week and seeing so many things. Mm-hmm. And I went into the Poconos and stayed with my friend there and I started taking a lot of photography. Okay. Like I started taking portraits of people, taking portraits of myself, uh, videos of the land, like just the uh, nature, like mm-hmm. gently moving. And so I have all these... I started collecting all these photos. Cool. Round two, I drove back and I booked a flight to Bozeman, Montana. Okay. I knew one girl in Bozeman. Mm -hmm. We had met because on my last week of college, I was writing my final term paper for anthropology. Long paper, 10 pages. That's insane. And I had just started on maybe like the third page when this girl just wanders into my house, like slams the door open and she comes in and, and... she looks fine, but I'm just like, who are you? <laughs> like, How did you get here? <laughs> why are you at my house? And she explains to me that she's really good friends with my roommate, David, but that David had ditched her to go hook up with his girlfriend. And she wanted to go out. So she says, uh, what's your name? And I said, Parker. And she said, great, I'm Celia. Let's go out drinking together. And I said, that sounds really fun, Celia, but I'm writing my term paper and it's due tomorrow. So I have to pull an all-nighter and finish it. And she said, that sounds fine. I'll wait for you. So we just started pouring whiskey shots, started drinking a little whiskey here and there. I'm writing my term paper. We're chatting. The hours go by. I finish page nine and then page 10. And it's 6 a.m. And she's still in my house. And we have created like a friendship at that point. Like Mm -hmm. we had just started talking. She had so many mutual friends with me. Okay. And so many. Yeah. And so we were just like, we were kicking it together at that point. And I was so happy to be done with college. Yeah. Like that was my last final exam for my last class okay, in you're done. university. I was done. And so I like closed the laptop and we both got in our cars and we went to the skate park. At <laughs> 6 a.m., yeah, yeah. the sun starts to rise and she teaches me how to drop in, which is like a pretty okay. scary thing to do. You have to have full trust in what you're doing you have to step on the board and then the other foot just slam it and let go completely and just trust that the board is going to carry you so i was like naturally terrified but we just kept doing it until i got it and then we skated all morning and i said how do i like how do we hang out again and she said come visit me in montana so she lives there. So she she moved to Montana. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so she, was the she second was time you hung out with her in Montana? In Montana. Wow. And we had known each other for like maybe eight hours total. That's yeah, crazy. That's yeah. And then I pulled up to Montana and stayed with her for eight days. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's and, really cool. And I heard Bozeman's yeah. a crazy, really, really, really nice area. Just like beautiful. beautiful. It's so wild. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I've just like so... Um, like it's almost dangerous in a way i think yes because people move there without Mm -hmm. realizing how much snow they get and how cold it gets that when the snow starts to melt in april there will be like a honda civic like just thawing (laughs) because people had to leave their cars because they're just not prepared for that kind of winter wow did you go in the winter I went in the summer. Okay. So okay. this was... That's the good part of it. <laughs> yeah. It was like July, August, more like August, September when I started all this okay. traveling. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay. So you, you took a couple months first and then... 
I, t I worked, I finished working in Chapel Hill. I had a job okay, gotcha. there. And then I moved to Asheville for a little bit and just got accustomed there. And then mm -hmm. I decided I was just going to start traveling. And I was working online yeah. mm -hmm. at that time, which made all of this possible. Got I think it. it's so interesting. Like the parallels I see in between your travels right now, at least, are like <clears throat> you kind of have been open to letting things fall into your lap. And like you just put yourself in positions to like have things fall into your lap and be like, all yes. right, like as long as I put myself in this position, be open to it, something will come out of it. And like you clearly made a great friend out of that, like being open. Yeah. And then like you clearly saw some uh, wild free dance performance, but yeah, like the best dancer ever. So like, yeah, it's about being in position. Yeah. I think, yeah, because part of it is a little scary you mm -hmm. know you're like i have this idea i want to go do this but i don't i have no idea what it's actually going to look like mm -hmm. and then again so like after i finished uh, that second month of traveling and when okay. i moved to colorado like i really had no idea what it was going to be like but it really is just about getting in position or like yeah. being like i hear the call i'm just going to take the call Very with like so. no expectation and then like boom the most amazing yeah. thing happens Exactly, which is crazy, and that's so, that's so awesome. Like, were you nervous that like you're like? Cause I feel like when people think about like traveling, especially solo, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. what if like something goes wrong, or like what if I like hate this? Right. Because I feel like there, that might be a yeah. barrier for them to stop. And there were so many things that could have gone wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. After I finished that first month in New York and Philly and mm -hmm. DC, I booked a second month out west, yeah. but I booked a one-way flight. So okay. I really had, you know, I had no plan. Yeah. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Like I had no plan. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna go to Montana and spend a week there just cause the next cheapest flight was like that next week. Okay. okay. And then I went to Seattle, mm -hmm. San Francisco, LA. That was as far as I had planned. But then I got to LA and I said, here I am on the freaking other side of the country. Right. And I need to get home somehow. So then I booked a flight to Austin and I stayed with our family mm -hmm. in Texas. Mm -hmm. And then I saw an event that I really wanted to go to, which was a Pussy Riot event. Okay. Run by a woman named Nadia Riot who uses... Uh, art like feminist art to combat Putin wow like Russian forces she is a social media influencer okay. and her message is Putin is ruining the state of Russia mm -hmm. and so that's like really engaged but really sexy and fun political activism and I saw that she was playing in Dallas so oh, I wow. booked a flight to Dallas okay. and then back home Oh my okay. gosh. But and yeah. when you went to like California and um, Seattle, like where were you staying? With people or like got hotels or? Yeah, so I stayed with friends every single part of the way, which nice. made it a lot cheaper. So if mm -hmm. people want to do kind of like a nomadic trip like this, mm -hmm. it really helps to have friends who will put you up. Right. Because I had a lot of friends who were super willing to like give me their guest bedroom or. Um, okay. You know, we're not all at it, it, we're all pretty young, so like right. not all of us have a guest bedroom. Right. But um, you know, I slept on couches for a little bit of the time, 
and um, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world but you make it work and it's totally worth it to be able to wake up and like be in Huntington Beach right you know or like wake up and be on the Santa Monica Pier and there were definitely things that could have gone wrong like my flights got delayed something yeah my flights got delayed if my friends you know had not been able to put me up at the last minute something would have gone really wrong you have nowhere to stay (laughs) i wouldn't have had anywhere to stay um but i just really i really love people and like i have good you know i just trust people and i think if you just go in with the attitude of like i'm gonna have fun and if something happens i'm just gonna figure it out yeah it's like that trust piece of like i really I trust myself to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nothing's happened yet, but yeah. I know whatever happens, I'm capable enough of yeah. dealing with it. Like, trust your problem-solving skills, your yeah. flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it helps not to be completely broke. Like, if right. somebody of had course. kicked me out, I would have just gotten a hotel, and right. it would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> Worst case. Yeah. So how was it being so mobile all the time like you didn't really have much stability right how is that and like Oof. a routine even like if you are yes. a routine person like so how happy you, you asked that manage all of that yeah so it was obviously a lot of like just daily chaos because mm-hmm. i remember one morning like i was sleeping on the couch and my friend's roommate came in and just started doing, you know, she like yawned and like scratched her belly and then like started making a smoothie like really loud, like oh, yeah. right next to me. And then she was like, so what's your deal? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, oh God, like the strange thing <laughs> that happened to me on this trip. Um, <laughs> uh, good morning. Yeah, a lot of like weird place. And then like even being in the phone, in the train station and needing to charge your phone. Okay. Um, so you definitely learn to like live off of public amenities in a way. I actually got to a point where I really felt like it was challenging. I really realized what it's like to not have a home, Mm -hmm. like to not have a place to go back to. Cause this was like two full months that I'm like crashing, crashing with people, traveling, Mm -hmm. sleeping on planes and in airports. Like I really got the sense of what it's like to kind of just like be out in the world and not have your own things yeah um but it's really cool how things will just like come to you and like Mm -hmm. the things that you need will come if you just stay hopeful about them i think or if you're resourceful um so the way i did like keep myself mentally like not cuckoo because <laughs> you're like also with people 24 like, 7 oh yeah you don't have a lot of alone time and i don't know if you're a person that values alone time or you know i feel like i go a little like my social battery died yeah <laughs> that's so true but you were fine i was fine i i mean my social battery is like never ending yeah uh, i love people mm-hmm. but i really value alone time too mm-hmm. and i got a lot of that in public parks actually. okay okay I was in the San Francisco like Conservatory of Flowers, cool. which is kind of like a botanic gardens, just walking around, and I did a lot of stuff like that, like just going to a really peaceful place and hanging around, and there was this jazz group with a trumpet player and a guitar player and a bass player, mm-hmm. and they were playing jazz, and I also studied jazz and play jazz. Um, okay. As a bassist and as a singer, so I just came on up to them and I was like, "Hey, do y'all mind if I like play a really classic song and sing it with you?" 
and they were like yes we want you to join so like we all just like started performing in the park and people were like gathered around and watched us play that's awesome it really is just like those little serendipitous kinds of moments and I got so much photography out of that so when you're talking about routine I think one thing that Mm -hmm. drove me every single day to like be adventurous to have fun to not just like get frustrated with being Mm -hmm. lost or like overwhelmed was my camera okay because I wanted to just in this whole landscape of like sometimes the cities can get really gritty and really disgusting i'm talking to you san francisco (laughs) (laughs) really gross (laughs) and you're just like looking at this scene and you're like god i cannot find anything here that i want to look at but then you just find that one like you know it's like a cup with a star on it it's Mm -hmm. like the marketing you know next to a river or um a couple on a bike who Mm -hmm. are stopped Uh, a woman roller skating and she's so beautiful and I would just take pictures of whatever I found interesting, whether it be just like a landscape or even people, I'd go up to okay. them. And that was hard too, I had to challenge myself to be like, can I just ask them. Yeah. Like worst thing they can do is say no. Right. And I met a lot of really cool people that way and I still, I'm like still linked up with them because we that's just follow each other on IG now. Yeah, that's nice. smart. Yeah, that's so really that's cool. what kept me from like, that was like my anchor in a okay. way. It was like having a project to work on or just. It sounded like it kept you curious too to kind yes. of like try to find, you know, like not go to like the, all the touristy areas, but really try to find like the heart of each city. Totally. Or like what yeah. people are actually doing in the city. Yes, there was one girl in LA who like begged me to sponsor her immigration visa. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> we were like out at a rave, and it was a really good rave. My, you were raving and she asked you to sponsor your visa? Yes. Like her. And she was a Call of Duty commentator. That was her profession. Wow. She like professionally commentated Call of Duty tournaments. No way. Yes. <laughs> what a character. She was cool. Like we hit it off. Obviously that's how she ended up like at the house party that we went back to after the rave. And like we were all just sitting there and then she just goes, by the way, can anybody sponsor my immigration visa? <laughs> Were you guys like, no? We were all like, we can't really do that. Like, yeah. do you know how much of an ask that is? That's like, I think there's like yeah. 10 grand in legal fees or something oh, like uh, that. <laughs> if you're if you're trying to get a visa, it's really expensive. I don't know what the sponsor's role okay. is, but... It's like you're, I feel like it's like you're adopting someone in a way. In a way, yeah. So that's kind of like one of the hearts of the American stories. <laughs> or one of the, the heart of the American city's story Yeah, is, is like... What are people doing here? Where did they come from and what were they doing before? Mm-hmm. How did we all get here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And did you notice a lot of differences between the people on the West Coast versus like the people on the East Coast that you would meet or no? I think New York and San Francisco and LA are like more similar than people think they are, yeah. to okay. be honest. I love that LA is full of comics like comedians like real comedians on like every street corner so people are just goddamn hilarious (laughs) i love that um and then new york is so much more about like the city the city itself yeah like when you go to new york it's really just about that madison square garden experience that like classic cheesecake on broadway 
you know, you know, looking at the Statue of Liberty, it's all about what you can do there. Mm -hmm. But in LA, it's all about what kind of costume you can put on and what kind of story you can tell, you know? Okay. It's really like about that. fashion, mm -hmm. um, expressing yourself, and Hollywood. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Where was, I mean, you went so many places, and I know obviously you end up in Denver, like living-wise, mm -hmm. but were you ever asking yourself when you were traveling, like, would I live here? Yes, every place I went. Okay. Every single place. And what was your favorites and least favorites? Okay, what's funny is that I grew up in D.C., and I love D.C., but mm -hmm. when I went to, like, go hang out there as a legal adult and mm -hmm. not a high schooler, I did not really like it, <laughs> yeah. to be honest. Wow. Because everybody is super bureaucratic. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. We were at the bar, and this guy was telling us about some... A memo that he had to like resend to his congressman and I was just like really? wow this is a good way to get me to get four shots deeper yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this what is a good way to get me to get on the west coast part of my trip <laughs> so I didn't really mess with DC New York I instantly fell in love with okay. everybody does mm -hmm. it has this magnetic charm um, I really really liked it and then San Francisco was the other place I felt like I could really really vibe with okay yeah cool um i kind of want to get into your well do you have any other stories or things you want to add to your travel yeah i think that it's relevant that around the same time i started doing this traveling was when i first started to learn how to meditate Mm -hmm. So I had never known how to do it. But okay. we have an important family member mm -hmm. who is actually huge in the meditation world and who actually gives peace talks at mm -hmm. the border of Israel and Palestine as a profession wow. and writes books about meditation and, and peace. And, and he, he was at our family dinner in like 2018 at Christmas okay. and he showed up wearing pajamas <laughs> to our family Christmas dinner and my your aunt, mom was probably like what the heck yeah my mom and my aunts were so mad <laughs> they did not mess with what was going on but I was so curious I was like this guy has a lot of audacity, so I need to figure out what his story yeah, is. Yeah, I need to figure out what's going on here. I need to figure <laughs> out who he is. Mm -hmm. So I went up and talked to him, and he told me that he did meditation. I said, what is that? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm doing it right now, which is really interesting to me. And I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> like, what's going on? And he said, basically, it's just a way of training your mind to be focused and... I mm -hmm. experimented with um, psychedelics in the 70s, as everybody did, yeah. and I wanted a way to reach that same state of mind without mm -hmm. using drugs. Okay. That's what he told me. That's crazy. I completely forgot about it. This was in like 2019, mm -hmm. and then right before I left for this trip, I texted our uncle mm -hmm. and said can you please put me in touch with your dad I'm out of college and I'm really curious now what he was talking about mm -hmm. and he said no he said I don't want you to talk to my dad but I can give you somebody who's even better so he put me in touch with his friend who wait I didn't really I didn't know he said no he said no yeah why I think he's just protective of his dad okay um or his dad is sort of a figure in the community and people solicit him for mm. advice and like consultations all the time and he just doesn't want to be bothered 
Okay. I think so. Okay. I think he's kind of like a kingpin, so he just says no. Gotcha. I'm not sure what the deal is there, but he, our uncle, put me in touch with somebody Mm -hmm. who did FaceTime videos with me mm-hmm. like three times a week for two weeks and just taught me all the basics. Okay. Wow. So the thing I would really want to mention is that while I was having all this like adventure time mm-hmm. and like alone time, I was also learning how to like really become in tune with that Yeah. in a way. Okay. Like I was learning how to focus and really be present in the experience and that helped so much Mm -hmm. if you guys love gold jewelry as much as i do you have to check out slide jewels slide jewels is a jewelry brand that crafts contemporary and affordable pieces from high quality stainless steel from earrings necklaces rings and bracelets slide has pieces for everyone Use code to some extent to get 30% off your purchase. Links and promo code will be in the show notes, so check it out. I wanted to like wrap up and touch on just really quick like about traveling solo and the amount of self-reflection time that it gives you. Right. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know like what did you learn about like traveling solo did you learn to become more like individual did you be like independent like how how did traveling solo kind of differ from like I don't know family vacations or something like that right yeah so I think that when you operate on a day-to-day basis it's so much of it is about like the family and friend unit mm-hmm. and like our role in community and where we fit in and you know how we are involved with other people even little things like entering your apartment building Mm -hmm. and like seeing your neighbors so much of it is about being in community and when you go away from that it's like everything falls away and it's just you that's it so what i learned is what do i want to do when there's nothing else going on Mm -hmm. and it's just me and the world so i can do anything Mm -hmm. you know i can go anywhere i can do anything and it was a really cool question to be like well then what do you want to do yeah. yeah you know so what are you gonna do it seems like a scary question to ask yourself almost there's so many it possibilities is. too yeah it is and i think that it, it's so simple also mm-hmm. like you want to do what makes you uh the most happy mm-hmm. like what you have the most fun doing mm-hmm. and so i realized that for me it was like taking pictures of people and talking with them and communicating their stories. Mm -hmm. And I have a book of the photography that I took during this time that's being released this summer. No way. Yes. I was about to ask if you had a project planned or you kind of just wanted to take pictures and just to save them and like a keepsake kind of thing, but that's cool that you made it into something. It totally turned into something on its own. So I found that for me, what I want to do when nobody else is around is photojournalism, basically. Okay. That's like the kind of work that I would want to be doing. Mm -hmm. And even now as I'm making decisions, like pretty big decisions about my career and my life and where I want to take it in this post-grad period, I can always think back to that trip and think about, okay, well, if I was completely strung out and all my kids were running around me and I didn't get enough sleep last night... What was the one thing that I'm going to want to do anyway? 
Yeah. Like the thing that I can get up and do reliably as my job every single day because I love it, mm-hmm. not because I need to do it. Okay. okay. And so having that time really showed me when I'm in my happiest, most adventurous, curious place, this is the thing I automatically do. That's awesome that you learned that and know that now. You can always yeah. go back to it or like, you know, do more with it. And anybody can do that. Right. It really is just about creating the space to have nothing to do and then having fun. Like yeah. literally just doing whatever you want to do mm-hmm. naturally. Which I feel like it's so, it's easier said than done, but it also is so simple. It's so simple. You know, but then obviously you have all these other things that you're like relying on or need to do, like work, for example. Yeah, you totally. know. But, um, do you think you would have been able to find that if you would just say you just stayed at home and did nothing? Do you think you would have been able to find that still? Or do you think the travels helped you find that, like spur a little bit of it? This is a great question. I love this question for two reasons because there's two sides of it. Mm -hmm. One, you don't need to go anywhere. That's what, in a way, all the meditating that I was doing did it for me. Okay. So you can just be in your room and, you know, get really still and forget everything and then get up and do something you love. Okay. And it really is as simple as just taking an hour to do it inside Mm -hmm. your house. But on the other side of that, when you're traveling, you're exposed to so many cool ideas and things you've never seen ever in your life. And so it just like really pings you to be creative and to, um, to dig deep in a way because you're given so many things. It's like, yes, I love that. You're given something else and you're like, I hate that. (laughs) I don't like that. So it just helps you calibrate. Okay. And do you think you found, like, you opened up a lot about yourself on these travels? Totally. Okay. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was mentioning to you all a little earlier before the podcast, but this was such an important time in my life because I had dealt with depression, like, Mm -hmm. really bad anxiety for a long time. Mm -hmm. And nobody really knows how those things work. Like, we have a lot of ideas about how they work, but Mm -hmm. nobody really knows how they work. Right. Um, but after I graduated and started traveling, it just went away. Like it completely cleared up. I didn't feel and like still don't feel the same mm-hmm. like kind of anxiety that I had before. And I don't know how much of that is related to like our modern day school system and okay. just like the expectations that we place on kids mm-hmm. to perform and right. to learn. And graduate and go to college. And yes. And I mean, I lived my whole life like chemistry homework due tomorrow. Yeah. You know, you can't really, really unwind because there's always something you should be working on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of it was that mm-hmm. and just having that weight lifted and how much of it was like getting into the meditation practice and like learning sort of like my true heart's desires and how to follow them right but they they pair really nicely so it was just a really really beautiful time for me and i would tell anybody who's struggling that it can get better Mm -hmm. and that it's really easy to tell ourselves this is going to be my reality forever but that is just objectively not true which is such an important concept to learn and like lesson to learn but it's hard because it's like when you feel so shitty for so long it's mm-hmm. so easy to hyper focus on that yeah instead of being like okay everything's temporary 
Which in a way is sad, but it's true. It's very true. It's just how life works. Everything's temporary. Like, this won't last forever. We don't know how long it'll last, unfortunately, but it won't be forever. (laughs) And for people who are having a hard time, they're like, I hope it doesn't last forever. Uh, Like, (laughs) Do you think? So it's it's both sides. It's like you're having a good time. Well, appreciate it because it won't last forever. You're having a bad time. There's hope because it won't last forever. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow and a double-edged sword because exactly what you said. You want the happy times to last forever mm-hmm. but they also don't they just don't i feel yeah. like it can be a hard thing to deal with because that it's an un like you don't know how much time is gonna last so you can't be like all right the finish line's here right, right. Like, you just yeah. don't know so it can be really tough i think to to have that positivity still if you're yeah and just to be honest like it's been two years since that happened like okay. i think all the time like am i gonna wake up tomorrow and like feel depressed again Nobody knows. No. Right. <laughs> Nobody knows. No but, one has the answer. Yeah, but I feel just so different knowing, like having the tools that I have now okay. in a way to to be able to just like go back to the inner reserves or like just going back to like my core essence, what I like to do, what makes me happy like having practice doing that on a day-to-day basis because then you can move past things Mm -hmm. you can let go of things that aren't serving you as you said Mm -hmm. or that you don't actually enjoy and just move into the new thing and if you wake up depressed like that's fine because it means that you're just on your way to the next new thing and I think it's so important especially in our age kind of the whole reason we want to start the podcast is in a way like guidance or navigation through these weird mm-hmm. transitions in our lives totally. and I feel like especially at our age knowing yourself and learning about yourself is so incredibly important but hard to do too yeah you know it's a lot of time alone or figuring out what you like figuring out what you don't like kind of what you were saying so much work like on a daily basis just figuring out like there's this looming question for all of us which is like what are you going to do with your life right what are you going to contribute to Mm -hmm. society but i found that that question is sort of a cop-out in itself because that question alone kind of keeps you from stepping into like your true power and like your true happiness because feeling like you need to contribute anything is like just not true like you're valuable Mm -hmm. as a person yeah and in the end the thing that makes you happiest is the thing you're going to do the most natural and the the best at Mm -hmm. and if you can just keep tapping into that over and over again then like you'll be having fun and then you'll look back and realize like whoa i contributed this 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 and this because it was just so effortless right it's not only one thing you're contributing or one thing you're doing to make the world better it could be so many little things yeah i really think it's just about not taking things so seriously yeah so uh, just to wrap up this topic a little bit i wanted to ask like what would you recommend for someone who's been thinking about like doing a solo travel or like i love it i don't know like maybe like were there hurdles that you were like expecting that like weren't even there i don't know like yeah so you're gonna need a good backpack (laughs) like if you're (laughs) if you're gonna be backpacking the way you carry your stuff and what you bring Mm -hmm. is always gonna be like the number one most important factor of your trip Mm -hmm. besides having a place to stay every Mm -hmm. time you stop obviously and also making sure you have a place to shower sometimes on camping trips they don't have showers available so besides looking for those little things 
you're going to need the right gear. Mm -hmm. And the right gear is a backpack that's not too heavy. Don't bring as much stuff as you think you need. You don't need that much okay. stuff. <laughs> like you're gonna, you don't need to bring shampoo and conditioner. You're gonna be in a city. You can just, unless you're out camping, yeah. you're gonna be somewhere where you can just buy a travel size and then toss it. Yeah. You can do something like that. Um, I bought a lot of clothing. I love to shop. So like LA, I bought like three new outfits <laughs> and then yeah. the other ones just get donated. So like <laughs> not being afraid to pack light and then like get rid of things as you get new things right because really if you're just carrying around too much stuff it's just going to be a huge load it's not going to be fun you're going to have to lug it around your back's going to start hurting yeah yeah especially if you're go 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 from place to place i could see that being and sometimes you might get off the plane and your friend's not home from work yet and you just have to go to a restaurant and eat and then like hang out by the pier for an hour you know and you have all of your stuff with you so if you can make all that stuff fit in like one good backpacking Mm -hmm. backpack and then like a purse yep you're super solid. That's <laughs> all you need. So pack light. That's number pack one. Pack light yeah. is always, always, always number one. Okay. Number two is I use a website for flights called Mo Mondo, like M O M O N D O, and they have really good deals on flights. Oh, I never even heard of that. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to know. That's a big tip. Please yeah. that too. <laughs> Those are my my two tips for people. No, that's helpful. Yeah, and then keep a journal uh, or do one thing. Decide, like for me, it was photography. For some people, it might be drawing or, um, you know, even just like getting people's phone numbers, networking uh, deliberately, like sort of just like choosing one activity you're going to do the entire time. I like that idea too. Yeah. So you can like some sort of like keepsake of the trip. You know. Yeah, even if it's just like collecting chalk glasses, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. then you get home and you have something to show for all the time you just spent. Proof you did it. <laughs> Proof that you did it. Yeah, <laughs> souvenirs. Um, yeah, so I want to get into your spiritual journey too. Mm-hmm. So going kind of back to what you were saying earlier, do you think that getting into meditation with Jacob really helped you get out of that dark place you once were in? Or do you think it's like more of the freedom you had? after college and the pressure's off you're free right you're traveling you're doing what you finally want to do or kind of a mix or I guess how did your spiritual journey even begin that's a great question it really did begin with this trip and with the freedom that I felt mm-hmm. and being able to just feel that in everything I did and never really feel like I had to do anything for anybody else okay um like I had to do anything at all Um, which is hard in today's world because we all have commitments and obligations of course Um, but I noticed that like the things that like I was committed to like seeing my family and like spending time with them or things I wanted to do Mm -hmm. anyway so kind of making sure like your responsibilities like line up with stuff that you want to do but nobody really knows like why exactly I felt so much better and why I still feel better but I think it has to do with the meditation and then also there's something I really want to tell you about which is like five days of silence so Jacob recommended me to do a silent retreat Mm -hmm. where you uh, don't do anything (laughs) for like a long time Mm -hmm. for like two or three days and what's funny is that after the second day you start to go a little bonkers Mm -hmm. because it's just you want to go outside like 
it's a really pretty setting like there is an outside to go to and like a lake depending where you do your retreat and they feed you really good food and you can sleep a lot and it is really just a place where like you just completely unwind right and you have no responsibilities at all it's so much more about just being and not doing anything so much so that one of the rules is you can't look anybody in the eye because they have to like if i looked up at lex and said hi lex you would have to like respond to me you know what i mean yeah if we were passing in the hallway and i looked at you you would have to like even if you don't say anything or do anything in return you would still have to like process that interaction and like give some sort of some sort of response so they're really serious about like you really don't do anything at all except for like sit in nature and eat really good food and drink tea and like do meditation and and just sit in silence and what happens with these kinds of retreats is that after day two almost everybody wants to quit because your body heals itself a lot of people don't know this but the body is like super super smart like remember we would scab our knees at Mm -hmm. like age four and like literally two days later it would be completely healed The body does that for mental health, too. Okay. And I don't think people realize that. Like, that's, I've never heard that, but, like, that's good to know. It's true. Like, your body will heal itself. Like, you will get over your ex. Like, right. <laughs> if you're dealing with some really gritty things, like, you will get over your troubled past. Like, you really just need to let it do its thing. So after day two, typically people have like really unpleasant memories come up or yeah. like really like, you know, maybe you're addicted to people or you uh, hate yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever you're dealing with, nobody cares. Um, yeah. They don't ask you. Literally nobody cares what it is. Um, but like it will up mm-hmm. and like you'll be forced to confront it, deal with it. Okay. you'll be forced to deal with it so is that kind of the point of it it's just like you're so silent and you're so focused just internally yeah it's kind of like um i don't know it's just like when everything else falls away the things that are like really bothering you will show up yeah and it's kind of like the same thing with um like your heart's desires too like when everything falls away your heart's desires will also come out so like when you get really still and silent like you just really get to know yourself like in a way that uh can be really scary to people because some people just like don't want to admit like the deepest parts of their personalities because a lot of those things we don't choose you know like a lot of people have like deep-seated secrets that like they just don't have control over like you know you like to suck toes okay like that's just part of who you are like you can't change it like so like contending with that like after i did that five days i don't like to suck toes (laughs) that's like like, parker what did you learn (laughs) i'm not really into that i respect people who are into it like i'm very kink positive um anybody can just like do their heart's desires but the whole point is that um all of your shit will come up but then if you just keep being quiet for like another two days it will all just go away yeah start to dissolve it will just dissolve like your your mind will really just like heal itself that's i think it's easy in at least today's society to like drown yourself in whether it's work drown yourself in like i don't know social media 
drown yourself in something else so you don't have to confront the issues. Yeah. Like there's so many distractions. Yeah, you can distract yourself at any point. Right? It's so easy yeah. to distract yourself. It's like one of the best things about the time we live in, like how many cool things yeah. that are that we can do or it's like great. You know, like, if I wanted to see, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's, like, workout routine, I could literally just pull up YouTube yeah. and watch it for, like, four hours. Exactly. Like, we could do anything we want. It is um, crazy. But this is kind of, like, a revolution of, like, not doing anything. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I wonder if, if like, it's been tough for a lot of people because there's so many distractions that, like, maybe in earlier times when it wasn't so easy to distract yourself and you ended up being bored a lot... Is when they would like use they would deal with those issues and like now it might be tough to find that time to really dig into those yeah those I think issues. that's completely right okay because your body so I since um, all that traveling and learning to meditate I wanted to do it like to a bigger capacity so I took a course at UC San Diego and became a meditation instructor mm-hmm. okay. and began teaching classes in the community and one of the scientific fun facts that we learned is that the brain has to process everything you see. Uh, even if it's just like half a second of a billboard or of like a video on YouTube, like you, okay. your brain has to like see it and then like store it in your memory. Okay. And so a few days ago I woke up with that Dolly Parton song, Jolene, 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 Jolene. And I, it was stuck in my head. And I couldn't figure out where it was coming from. I thought, <laughs> I haven't, this is such an obscure song. I haven't listened to this song <laughs> in years. Why is it in my head? And right. I remembered it was playing in the Home Depot I went yeah. to three days ago. <laughs> you locked it in. You're like, where three was it? <laughs> days ago. Wow. So, like, deep in my subconscious, I was like singing along yeah. to Dolly Parton while I was like getting my supplies at Home yeah. Depot. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just like kind of how the mind works. Like it, it um, is so cool. Mm. It's really fascinating, and that way it has like its own little flavors, and it does its job really well. Yeah, and you don't even realize what it's picking up some of the time. It's just like yeah, because you're just going through life, like yeah, normally. Um, so what type of meditation did you study? Is there like a specific type? Because I know there's like you know different ways to do it. Do you right. have like a preference, or did you get certified in a specific one, or is it kind of just all of them? Or how does it work? Yeah. <laughs> so meditation as a discipline uh, is basically just any kind of contemplation is the word that is used. So it really just means like developing focus and then putting your focus on something and. Um, sort of like creating a relationship with that thing or like contemplating it, just thinking about it basically. And meditation has been used in a lot of really well-founded cultures and traditions like Buddhism, Mm -hmm. um, Qigong is a form of meditation, uh, Tai Chi. These are all like Eastern traditions. Um, But even in the Middle East, like Sufism is the branch that I learned. Okay. But what I learned to teach is actually USA, like, franchised meditation. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called MBSR, and it just means oh, yes. mindfulness-based stress reduction. Mm-hmm. So it's less about meditation and more just about, like, reducing stress okay. uh, on a day-to-day basis. And 
I find that uh, just like learning to focus on something can be really helpful because say I'm in home I'm in Home Depot and I'm like noticing like other people's conversations and like I just don't care about what they're talking about right. and like all this stuff just starts like filtering in yeah. when you practice focus you can be like okay I'm just gonna check this out and then I'm gonna get in my car and then maybe I won't wake up in three days with this woman's conversation in my head yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know it's kind of like Putting, vision in a way. putting your blinders on in a, a beautifully chaotic world that we live in. Okay. Yes. Awesome. So there's that kind. And then the second kind I learned is that once you can focus, you can like go in your own body and uh, do that exercise where you just like think about what makes you happiest okay. and like get in that state. And it's very healing. Okay. Yeah. So I've noticed like, I'm a very absent-minded person, so like I could walk into a Home Depot and need tape and a hammer, and I could walk out there with a hammer and a dryer, <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, what was the third thing I needed? <laughs> and it's like, that happens to me constantly, and I, I forget things all the time, and I'm wondering now, like thinking about it, if it is due to like my brain just being distracted by everything. And then I just end up losing my focus. Like, I lose that tunnel vision yeah. very easily, I think. But it's not like it's your fault. It's just, like, the world that we live in is full of so many things mm -hmm. that it can be, like, almost really difficult to, like, hold on to your own shit, if yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself falling into that position a lot. Yeah, <laughs> my friends in college used to call me Space Queen. Because really? I would get really spacey. Okay. And I would, they, like, we would be talking, and mm -hmm. then I would just space out, and they'd be like, are you there? <laughs> and I'd be like, sorry, I was thinking about something else. Yeah. <laughs> daydreaming. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, so where do you teach other people meditation? Like online, mm -hmm. or here in Colorado, or what's, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I have a business called Clarity Workshops, and it's basic like introductory mindfulness and then yoga. So I have a girlfriend who is a yoga instructor, and she's excellent. She's extraordinary at what she does, so mm -hmm. we lead really fun yoga classes cool. as well. And then I also teach at the homeless shelter just for volunteering. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So you teach meditation at the homeless shelter? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So how is that, and then how, how does that differ from, I guess... Um, I don't know, teaching in like a normal setting or teaching yoga, I guess. like Right. It doesn't differ at all. Really? Like it's really all the same okay. things. Um, it applies universally. Um, one difference, which is kind of sad, is that a lot of people in homeless shelters are amputees. So okay. when I say like, all right, now we're going to like focus on your feet. I like can't really say that because yeah. not everybody has feet. Oh gosh, yeah. um, so I just say like lower extremities. Mm -hmm. um, but I've really enjoyed learning that because it just like gives you perspective on like accessibility yeah. and right. how like not everybody is this like cookie cutter image yeah. that we see. And beyond that, it like really does not change at all. It's okay. kind of the same stuff. Cool. Um, but every time I've gone back, the, the class size has gotten bigger and bigger oh, because awesome. people find it so therapeutic yeah. and like so healing. I was about to say, like, can you, is this like a thing that they sign up for and come to, or is it something like they have to do or like, are they really interested in it and like enjoy it? 
Yeah, they don't have to come. Okay. I show up in like the rec room, so it has like cool. TV and board games, and then they'll just give an announcement. We're doing stress reduction in the main room if you want to come in. And the first time I did it, there was only like two or three people the first few weeks, maybe like three or four people. But the last class I taught, there were seven people and all of them like came in right away and wow. did a lot of repeat. That's awesome. People who are just really excited to like get into yeah, it. Yeah, word spreading around a little bit. Yeah, so okay. it's starting to like pick up. Okay, so I feel like we've talked about my travels and how I started meditating while mm -hmm. I was traveling and how it like really blew open the whole trip for me and I was able to really connect with what I want to do in life and like what I do when there's nothing else going on that makes me happy and uh, I have been working on that yeah do you want to hear about it I do <laughs> cool so <laughs> I moved to Steamboat Springs as we said, my therapist asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to move to Colorado. So she said, do it. And I scrapped together and made it happen. And when I got there, I, I realized that what I love about skiing is like the movement mm -hmm. of it. And I just really fell in love with movement and the stylish okay. way that people can ski, mm -hmm. especially when they do tricks. Like, people do tricks. It's the same trick, but you do it really differently depending who you are okay. and your personal style. Okay. And I wanted to capture that essence of, like, these are people who are doing the thing that makes them happiest above all else, and they're doing it so well. Mm -hmm. Like, really incredible. And speaking of things that kind of just fall in your lap, while I was living in Seamote, I met a young man named Matt, mm -hmm. and he had just started skiing. So we were kind of on the same level, like just sliding rails and learning the ins and outs of park skiing. But within two seasons, he excelled. Like growth that is unimaginable yeah. and, and kind of rare. Like you don't see this kind of like skyrocket and potential mm -hmm. like just every day. So by the time I went to go film him this year, he was already throwing like two rotation spins. Oh, wow. And he can do K-feds, which is like you slide on the rail, but then you hop a different way, and then you hop a different way, Ooh. and then you spin off of it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so crazy. This kid's <laughs> pulling like Tony Hawk level <laughs> wow. skiing. Yeah, and I just happened to like be in his journey. We met at around the, the time that he picked it up. And so I've been able to like film his progression. Mm -hmm. And the message of the videos is like not only is this super fun and we all need a little more of that in mm. our day-to-day -day lives but like you can get really good really mm. fast that's okay. cool so you videotape him and then mm. your other friends too yes do you, like do people videotape you as well no not really because it's like i'm the videographer okay so, so it's all you doing it yeah cool. i filmed skiers but then i also did interviews with people in steamboat oh, nice. kind of like i did when i was traveling i would just stop people and say can i take your picture like mm -hmm. can i learn more about mm -hmm. you i would stop people in steamboat and ask them the same question why would you quit everything to come and ski for a living mm -hmm. like why would you do the one thing that makes you really really happy like right. how has that been for you that's awesome and they all said the same thing really they all said the same thing. What was it? It's crazy. They said that they get in flow zone when they ski. And Blizz. that's why they like it. Like no. bliss. 
bliss zone. Okay. Yeah. That that's flow cool. state, like you're not thinking about anything else. You're just like fully present mm-hmm. in what you're doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And they can't find it in like anything else they do. Well, that's just like for them one of the yeah. biggest ways to get into it. Okay. And that's why they come out and live there. But I didn't even have that scope like before going into the project. You know what I right. mean? The coolest thing about like uh, media projects or like documentary style media projects mm-hmm. is that you go in with no clue what's gonna surface or like yeah. what they're gonna say yeah you just do. don't know what they're right. gonna say or like what the story really is but then it turns out almost everybody has like okay. the same story that's so cool it takes on a life of its own almost a hundred percent okay um, so where can we find you on socials or reach you? Yes, so you can watch the first episode of Park Labs and the upcoming episodes as they're released cool. on my Instagram, which mm-hmm. is Parkita. Mm-hmm. It's P-A-R-K, Park, K-I-T-A-A. Yep, and I'll tag it too in like the description and everything. Okay. In wait, do you want to talk about your necklace? Yeah, so I guess another thing that was born from like this like... Um, almost like renaissance period of my life you know where I really like tapped into what makes me happy mm-hmm. is uh, making jewelry mm-hmm. and this is something that my grandmother did that my mom did that she taught me how to do as a young girl and it's just so fun to express style mm-hmm. because it's really unique uh, but it's also really current you mm-hmm. know like obviously people in the 70s wore like tie-dye patterns and like flower crowns right. you know and like people these days um you know there might be like leggings and sweatshirts Mm -hmm. or now people are starting to experiment with like skate jeans and like little tops and like ruched tops so Mm -hmm. there's always part of fashion that is collective Mm -hmm. like everybody's in on it and everybody feels like that Mm -hmm. and the thing I love about jewelry is like the piece I made for you is like really in right now yeah you guys can see it too and I didn't even tell you anything that I liked or, like, you just made it based on how you know me, like, my personality, yes. I feel like, which is really cool. Yeah. So my favorite thing about making jewelry is that you can create something that is so current that everybody's going to look at it and mm-hmm. say, wow, like, I really feel like that. But it's also super unique to the person mm-hmm. that you made it for. Yeah, I love it. Um, but it's called Strawberry Punch, mm-hmm. so I'll also tag that. Yes. You can find her jewelry there yeah so I'm just kind of like ready to wrap it up Um, I want to ask just as like a full wrap up scope you can correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like just kind of listening to you for the past hour it feels like you have been just feeling something and kind of like going with the flow going with that feeling and seeing where it takes you yeah Um, or just kind of putting yourself in a position to have things come to you mm-hmm. right. and like show themselves to you. Yes. So I'm, I'm interested to kind of like hear your wrap up overview of like this period of your life after like post-graduation and like what have you learned and what are you still looking to learn um, oh my about gosh. yourself? Yeah, so I the one thing I've learned above all else is like perfect trust basically. Mm-hmm. Like not getting caught in those mental spirals of like, what if this happens? What if this happens? Yeah. It'll happen and or it won't happen. Either way, you'll be okay. So just having this like trust that you can always, always stand on, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it comes to following your dreams because it's really terrifying. Yeah. yeah, It can be really scary to be like, well, I'm going to leave a nice career in 
you know, computer science to go do this. Right. To go, you know, make art or mm-hmm. pursue, or I'm going to trade my financial tech career for a computer science career that I've never been trained in. Mm-hmm. Right. Like those kinds of things when you realize your heart's desire and then you realize you have to follow it and then you look at what it's going to take to get there. Yeah. That can be really, really scary. So I think having trust okay. below all of it is like the one thing that I return to okay. day to day today. I like that. And just having fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoying yourself and making enjoying, sure that yeah. if you're not having fun, something change something yeah, and, and something. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it takes work too, you yeah. know. Um, I've learned like relationships also take a lot of. Um, for me, like I just have to meditate a lot to like understand if I'm messing up mm-hmm. or like is the other person messing up. Like which one of us are are moving out of fear basically? Because a lot of times when you like clash with people, it's because one of you is afraid of something. Okay. So then I just have to like go home and spend like literally an hour thinking about like, well, what am I afraid of here? Mm -hmm. Like, am I really mad that, um, you know, like my friend liked this other picture or am I just afraid that my boyfriend's going to leave me for something? You know, (laughs) it's like, you just have to get to the bottom of it. So, um, not being afraid, like perfect trust, but not like without doing the work in a way. Gotcha. Yeah. Like actually taking that time to be like am I really having fun right now? Because okay. if I'm not really having fun right now, it means I'm afraid of something and right. I need to, that needs to go. Well, you gave us a lot of good insights. I appreciate everything. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you. Thanks to really y'all. Good. I've been waiting to be on this podcast. I am so happy. That was so exciting. I think you gave a ton of information that people can yeah. listen to and just be like, I, I can relate to this or this. Um, so yeah, I think that it was awesome. Thank you for uh, just coming on and giving us your time yeah absolutely and uh anybody who's listening like i just wish you luck on uh your dreams go ahead and follow them but you know they may come after you more than you realize Mm -hmm. just keep moving toward it every day a little bit parker's the best (laughs) (laughs) well thank you again for coming on and to everyone listening thanks for tuning in this week we'll catch you next week happy Mm -hmm. tuesday (laughs) happy tuesday (laughs)